0: Hello everybody, this is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, May 3rd, 2008. Can you believe that? It's already May. Uh, The year just goes by so fast, and um, this one, I, I have to tell you, when I saw this story, I had a lot of people email me this story. And in every version that people emailed me There's not a lot of particulars And I had to stop and think I had to really wonder why this is happening now And I'm going to get to that At the end of of this news and views This has been a strange week I knew that I would be doing this story on news and views Even though, I mean, listen guys This week has been a very strange week for news. The Screepalls are being kept at an arm's distance from any news. Japan has decided it wants to host China and North Korea. Israel is buying three nuclear launch capability submarines from Germany. So, it's been a crazy week for news. I'll probably blog about some of those other stories this coming week. But again, my inbox is so full of material to blog and talk about that I, you know, it's going to be very difficult sorting through some of it. There have been a lot of developments in the science field as well that I want to talk about. So, it's getting very strange. But this story probably fell right off the radar. And before we get to the story, the story of the article I'm going to use here is titled Soros, Rothschild, and Big Institutional Investors Are Entering the Bitcoin Market. That's the title. Now, folks, I want to take you back here before I even get into this article. I want to take you back a few years when the cryptocurrencies first began to emerge and be noticed and discussed. Because if you'll recall, at the time, these things were touted by many people as just the perfect vehicle, the end of the central banking welfare warfare model. Cryptocurrencies were going to bypass central banks altogether. We were going to end the era of fiat monetized debt money. And it was going to be a literal golden age as the power of the bankers was broken forever. Then, about a year after all of this hysteria got cranking, then there were quiet stories. If you recall, you have to go back and dig into some of these. There were quiet stories about the Bank of England investigating cryptocurrencies and even investing gold-backed cri- cryptocurrencies, and there was a lot of talk at that time. So, in other words, what what always alerted me and cautioned me about uh, cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, there's lots of cryptocurrencies out there. It's not just Bitcoin, although Bitcoin has become more or less kind of the brand name for the whole idea of, of cryptocurrencies. But there was lots of hysteria, and the central point of that hysteria, the consistent point of that hysteria, was that this was somehow a panacea that was going to bypass the power of the central bankers. Now here we have Soros, not a big surprise. I mean, this, this guy is a fundamentally bad man, and he has to have his hand and everything just to prove how important he is. But the Rothschilds being involved with this is a different matter because they are up to their earlobes, obviously, in central banks and central banking. And in fact, it doesn't take much research to show that they have a stake in virtually every central bank around the world. So I want to read the five central paragraphs of this article. There's only seven paragraphs in this article. I want to focus on five because the question that we should be asking ourselves is this. Why now? Why are these two major investors getting involved in cryptocurrencies now? Listen carefully to the five center paragraphs of this because it's suggesting some things to me, some high-octane speculation that you may or may not agree with, but it gives me great pause. The paragraph I'm starting with is right under the subject header of that linked article, Soros, Rothschild, and Company Flock to Crypto Conspiracy, and here we go. Interesting things tend to happen in the (laughs) cryptocurrency world when people least expect it. Earlier this week, it became apparent George Soros is looking to trade various cryptocurrencies. The Soros Fund Management Venture internally approved the trading of virtual coins in the past few months. So far, no actual big trades have been made, but that situation will come to change very soon. A similar sentiment can be heard in Camp Rothschild. This particular family is best known for their close-knit ties with banks and other financial institutions. As such, one wouldn't expect them to give Bitcoin a second glance. In reality, it seems this family has been active in cryptocurrency trading for quite some time now. Let me read that one again for you in case you missed it. In reality... It seems this family has been active in cryptocurrency trading for quite some time now. They're just announcing it now, folks. The first rumors began surfacing back in 2017 when Rothschild began purchasing cryptocurrency through GBTC. Buying into a major Bitcoin trust is pretty significant, even for this family's legacy. With this positive tone being set, it is a matter of time until other institutional investors follow suit. Bitcoin is still, listen, extremely volatile. And let me stop there. Because last Sunday night, I was on uh, Richard Hoagland's radio show called The Other Side of Midnight. And we were talking about cryptocurrencies for a, a goodly portion of the show and both of us were zeroing in on the fact that these cryptocurrencies are extraordinarily volatile and we were both very concerned that with the press for a cashless society which i think personally is a deeply bad idea i mean if you want the government and people like soros and rothschild all up in your business then move to a cashless society but the thing that bothered me is if you are going to, and let's roll the clock back again. Remember the cryptocurrencies were being trotted out as potentially a means to create that kind of cash to society. In other words, these were the beta tests that were being done. But the problem is, as we've seen, is that they're extremely volatile. And they're volatile not just over a matter of hours or perhaps days but even seconds and microseconds this is how badly they fluctuate and you cannot have and i've i've been saying this all along folks you cannot have a cryptocurrency based economy with that kind of volatility because it's not a human economy this is what Catherine fitz and i have been suggesting over and over again in some of her quarterly reviews When you have a market that is so run by computers and so determined by computers, that market is no longer reflective of actual human activity and value. And it becomes a market unto itself devoid and divorced from human realities. And this is what frightens me. Well, the volatility of Bitcoin and the other cryptocurrencies is a similar problem in my view. You cannot have a stable medium of exchange with that kind of volatility that human beings are going to uh, use. You can be wiped out, literally, in a a matter of nanoseconds, and none of us uh, really want to open ourselves to that sort of risk. So the bottom line here is the risk assessment of cryptocurrencies, in my view, is keeping a lot of investors or potential investors, middle-class investors, out of that market. Now, let me continue. With this positive tone being set, it is a matter of time until other institutional investors follow suit. Bitcoin is still extremely volatile, but it seems one of the most bearish market pressure has subsided. After last year's crazy run, things have returned to a more normal level for investors. When the Dow gains and Standard & Poor's Index 500 are also taking a beating this week, diversification remains key for all parties involved. So in other words, they're interested in cryptocurrencies just to diversify their portfolios. No, my my intuition says no. My high-octane speculation says no, but we're going to get to that in a minute. Last two paragraphs here, folks. All of these developers came out at a curious time. George Soros, for example, called cryptocurrencies a bubble in January 2018. Less than three months later, he wants to dip his toes in cryptocurrency trading. Whether or not his comment was designed to crash the price will always remain a mystery. The end result is how Bitcoin lost over 40% of its value. And remember, of course, George Soros did this to what famous international currency a few years ago? Why, the British pound. With the dip now ending, the big guns are moving in. In fact, it seems that there has been no further talk of a Bitcoin bubble for several weeks now. While Kenneth Rogoff still thinks the Bitcoin will crash to $100, The rest of the world is a bit more optimistic. If institutional investors truly buy Bitcoin in decent quantities, a new uptrend should begin forming pretty soon. The cryptocurrency industry directly needs an injection of fresh capital at this stage. and Of course, the Soroses and Rothschilds have a little bit of that on hand, and they can certainly inject. All right, now, what's my concern here? Well, First of all, obviously, if you have people like Soros and, more importantly, the Rothschilds getting involved, then all of that hysteria about cryptocurrencies being an end run around the central bankers was so much malarkey because now they're going to be involved in a big way, and they can move enough, and please hear me now, they can move enough capital, they have enough ability to do this, into each and every cryptocurrency that they can, through their trades alone, manipulate the value. And I think that's what this is really all about. Remember Farrell's three laws of central bankers, manipulate, orchestrate, regulate. Okay, You start out with minor manipulations, then you get to a point of position in the market where you can actually orchestrate market rises, market falls, and basically control the value of whatever it is that you're doing, and then regulate. All right, You bring regulation into the picture, you create regulating agencies and so on and so forth, which in this case since cryptocurrencies are what? Well, they're internet currencies you need to create what international agencies with actual legal teeth in order to force any regulation that you might impose. I think this is, in other words, a clever end run around national sovereignties and whether or not they'll be able to use it for their global loneliness agenda remains to be seen but i suspect that that's at least one part of this manipulate orchestrate regulate so why are they doing this well recall if you if you know anything about central bank history there was the crash of 1907 in this country which was used and incidentally orchestrated by the bankers to essentially create and give the United States its central bank, the New York—pardon me—the Federal Reserve System, which, of course, the Morgan interests, the Rothschild interests, and so on and so forth, had a very heavy stake in. So, the same thing I think, to a certain extent, you could say about the crash of 1929, although less so. But. But the result of the crash of 1929 was again more government regulation, not all of it bad, incidentally. So, what are they doing here? I suspect that what they're doing is they are trying to stabilize the volatility in the cryptocurrency markets so that they can continue with using them as a kind of a beta test potentially to try and create some sort of cashless um, economic system where there is no physical medium of exchange, which I think, of course, is, is a pipe dream because I think the human being is going to naturally tend to create physical media of exchange even if it's denied or forcibly taken away. But I think this is a move to try and control the volatility or orchestrate or at least smooth some of that volatility out and make it more tempting for middle-class investors, people like me with not much money to invest, to tempt more people into that market. The other way that they might be trying to aim for this volatility is quite literally to crash the cryptocurrency market and then to say, see, we need to regulate this stuff because a lot of people lost their money. Um, You know, we may have lost a billion here, a billion there, but, you know, that's pocket change to these people if it furthers their power. So this to me is a very, very interesting move on on the part of the Rothschilds and the Soros. So now I'm going to make a prediction based on that high octane speculation. I think we need to look very carefully and watch very carefully now over the next few years what people like this or the financial community in general is going to say about the need to regulate uh, these cryptocurrencies. I mean, it's bad enough already when there are stories out there, which I give a lot of credence to, that intelligence (coughs) – pardon me, folks – that intelligence agencies like the National Security Agency, CIA, GCHQ in the United Kingdom, any signals intelligence agency has a huge footprint inside these cryptocurrencies already. Wed that power to the power of a dynasty, a financial dynasty like the Rothschilds. And folks, you've got big trouble. That's too much power concentrated into too few hands. So I think we need to watch now this development in cryptocurrencies very carefully and if they start talking about regulation international regulation in particular that's going to set off alarm bells to my mind and if they start talking about the volatility of cryptocurrencies and setting limits to that volatility just like there are limits in the uh, computer algorithms trading in markets if they trip or if they go f- too far fluctuate too far during a trading day the computer algorithm shuts down trades on that particular stock so they're going to try and do something like this folks uh mark my words so i think we need to watch it very very carefully now just some quick announcements <clears throat> pardon me <clears throat> i'm having bad sinus today folks we've had storms roll through my area and of course every time the weather changes my sinuses go nuts but um, just very quickly, a couple of announcements. There's no vid chat tomorrow. Uh, the next vid chat for members will be on the 11th. So the new schedule for this month is up in the, uh, in the members area. So I wanted to bring, people, uh, bring that to people's attention. I want to thank everybody again for all the wonderful donations you make, for all the articles that you're sending Uh, this has been a particularly good week, and and tomorrow I'm going to be sitting down going through all of those articles most of the day and trying to schedule some blogs, very, very good articles that all of you are finding. So again, a big thank you. This is a community driven website. I base what I talk about or blog about off of what all of you are sending me and I try and recognize patterns. So I want to thank everybody and we'll see you on the flip side and, uh, hopefully the members next week for big, big chat. All right, that's it for today. Watch this cryptocurrency stuff, this stuff uh, with Soros and the Rothschild getting involved. I think there are more things to come down the pike, so this needs to be watched very, very carefully. That's it, folks. See you on the flip side. Bye-bye, and God bless.